Previously on Those Were the Days. We've watched some stinker pilots. Most famous people you will never know. Who just oozes cool, man. Cash, K-Line, and Freehand. I noticed it, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. That's at the hacker level. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, it was good enough they tried to do a spin-off. But when the kid's (laughs) mouthing the date as Sam's reading it. Photobomb (laughs) all the time. That's Norm Cash, Al K-Line, and Bill Freehand. Also, I would like to point out that I did not plan nor set up who I was going to pick as what character. That just worked. It just works. Those Were the Days is filmed before a live internet audience. Welcome to the court of Those Were the Days, where media of the past is put on trial. We're going on a little adventure through pilot season. I have taken control for this week, and I've gathered some subjects for my inquiries. Here tonight, to answer for the crimes of humanity, we have the trigger-happy security officer, Adi. Well, Commander, I looked over your record, and everything looks exemplary. You seem like a very good first officer on every ship you're assigned to. I did have an issue with you questioning your former captain's orders, but when you explain it, it was for the good of your captain. It makes sense. That said, I do need you to remember that you report to me and are to follow my orders every time. I understand loyalty and the desire to keep your captain safe as well, but my safety is to be second to every other life on this ship. Is that understood? Good. Now, as my first officer, I have one other special request for you. If anyone has a dog, can you handle that? They just freak me out. Especially puppies. Everyone's so, oh, they're so cute. But I'm like, no, they are not. One time on a shuttlecraft, I thought a puppy was coming at me, and I almost shot out the airlock. Those folks were not particularly happy with me. Anyways, dogs, all you. Understood? Good. And I'll see you on the bridge. (laughs) A medical officer with a past, Stephen. Yeah, this is uh, set design. You need a new bridge for a Star Trek show? Yeah, we should be able to do that. Lots of space. Got it. Uh, Pink. Whole lot of pink. We'll throw in some tan just to balance things out, okay? You want want to fill that big open floor with anything? Just, Just two chairs. You sure? Nothing else? You know I have 20 feet of just nothing. Pink, tan, giant screen... Sounds like the future to me. You got it. (laughs) And a first officer who definitely knows how to do it manually, it's Travis. You know, I hear this new captain's a real... Ten forward, this is Lieutenant Johnson. No, the other one. Good morning, sir. Yes, I know. Weird you had to call me down here. The intercom hasn't been installed yet. No, it's going to get installed on Tuesday. (laughs) What can I do for you? Yes, sir. Uh, just let me take a look here. Um, all right. Um, T, T. No, I'm sorry, sir. I don't see any Earl Grey tea listed in the ship's complement. No, I understand, sir. Yes. Yes. No, I'll get right on that. Very good, sir. Earl Grey. Hot. Understood. I thought the new captain was French. Uh, so here we are talking about one of these sci-fi classics of all time and arguably probably my favorite tv show ever star trek 
the next generation. Now, just in case anybody had like was calling my credentials um, into question, I do have here my um, great radio this, but I do have here my limited edition 25th anniversary Star Trek The Next Generation Pez Dispenser collection, just in case anybody oh was wondering. That is fantastic. It's numbered. They did Still make yes, about like a million of them, but it is numbered. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Star Trek The Next Generation, I'm so excited about this. Um, I did give us a doozy because it is a two-parter and there were 45-minute episodes, 45 minute episodes, and so it is an hour and a half of television, which is a lot. But we, we crammed it in here. Um, Star Trek The Next Generation. I feel like I don't have to say too much about it. Uh, ran from 1987 to 1994, 176 episodes, a bunch of movies, several of which we don't really talk about. It's fine. Don't even worry about it. Um, <laughs> I love this show with all of my heart is basically where we're at. I will, So this was appointment television in my house growing up. And we had uh, my uncle worked for Bose, so he got a discount. So we had big Bose stand-up speakers that were attached to the TV. And we didn't always have them on, right. um, but they always came on for Star Trek because I I don't know how well, like, I, it we weren't on the ship a whole lot in this episode, but, like, you can hear the ship engine throughout the entirety. Yep. So it's just that it's really, really good. Um, I don't know that it was in this pilot, but it does. I was just using TV audio. It's fine. Um so yeah, this is uh, Gene Roddenberry's beautiful vision of a future that has less two-handed punching of aliens than the original series, um, but just as many alien babes somehow. So <laughs> progress and yet, um, mm-hmm. I I want to so I I want to I know Stephen. We've already been you've this, you're new to the all of Star yeah. Trek. We watched that one. Original series episode <laughs> a little, little while back, and that's it for you, right? Yeah. Like Spock's brain, yeah, yeah, that was great. It was yeah. wonderful. Um, do you have? Do you feel like you have a? Because you you run in nerd circles. Do you feel like you have this weird yeah. passing familiarity because the rest of us are oh, all yeah. in it? De- definitely. Like I, I have seen more weird memed Star Trek than anyone has any right to that has not <laughs> seen the show. Uh, yeah, because I've I've seen bad lip readings of Star Trek. I've seen <laughs> memes of Star Trek. I have seen jokes of Star. I have even uttered "Make it so," not knowing really the reference, <laughs> just because I was in the room with people who did, and it seemed like the right thing to say. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like, did you see that ridiculous display last night kind of level of <laughs> absurdity? Like, mm-hmm. I will be friends with these people, and if it takes pretending I know Star Trek to do it, by golly, <laughs> I'm going to do it. Uh, but yeah, I have a passing. And I mean, I was a reading Rainbow Kid, and right. I remember when LeVar Burton took us to the set mm-hmm. to show us the stuff. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I, I was a kid out. putting my sister's hair bands yep. on my eyes so mm-hmm. I could be Jordy LaForge. I I didn't know his name was Jordy LaForge, but I wanted that to be that guy. So mm-hmm. it's weird. Like it's there's this whole world that I have just been orbiting but never quite landed on the planet, you know? Yeah. So per your intro, we did learn in that episode that a large part of why there is so much space is because they frequently put cameras there. Yes. <laughs> and that's why we mm-hmm. need so much space. Because we're Unbelievable not redoing it room. every time. <laughs> I looked at uh, it when he walks in the bridge and it opens up that first time. I was like, yeah. wow, 
There's some There's so floor much room space. for activities. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. Plus, I, I think some of that too. They want to make it look like the future. And instead of right, it being it's like what, a space travel stateroom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Isn't we're not crammed on an airplane. It's nice. We <laughs> yeah. can stretch mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, uh, you can. Audie, what's your what's your history with TNG? TNG was my Star Trek. Mm-hmm. It was my introduction to Star Trek, really, because it came on when I could watch it regularly. Um, I wouldn't say it was appointment television, but I watched the snot out of it for sure. Um, you know, followed so much, watched all the, uh, watched Reading Rainbow, and when LeVar Burton was on there, you know, doing all this stuff, I was like, I know what he's talking about, I know what he's talking about, that's so cool, that's so cool, kind of stuff. And then later when when it was gone, and then a certain... Uh, cartoon called gargoyles came along and it was like voiced by most of this cast i was like even nerding out for that show because it was all star trek the next generation folks so like yep. yeah love uh-huh. the show love it how about you trav uh so i was there on saturday september 26 1987 when this episode premiered i sat down on the floor in front of the tv to watch it with the whole family um, and then I proceeded to watch like every single episode. It was absolutely appointment television. I had seen prior to that, I had seen some original series and I watched the animated stuff they would run on. I want to say it was Nickelodeon at one point. Um, so I remembered those, but this was, this was my Star Trek as well. Uh, this is what really got me into it. I was the perfect age. I rode all the way through TNG into DS9 into Voyager. Uh-huh. I watched uh-huh. all of them. I, I remember, like, I, had, I have specific memories of watching the premiere of this, of watching specific episodes of it, um, and then watching again in reruns. I've probably watched the entire run of Next Generation at least three times. Mm-hmm. And then some episodes, another, you know, half dozen, ten times each. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I loved all of it. I was a, I was a big fan of uh, the character of Data. Um, as everyone was, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, I got to be—I just got to love all of the characters and the way that you would have episodes that would be a specific character kind of fronting the episode. It would be a data yeah. episode, or it'd be a wharf episode, and that ensemble nature of everything too. So, yeah, this was absolutely uh, my show. Uh, Doctor Crusher was and continues to be my favorite. And in adulthood, learning that Gates McFadden is one of the choreographers on Labyrinth blew yeah. my mind. So yeah. good. Um, yeah, I wanted to be her. That's why I wanted to be a redhead my entire life. It was because <laughs> of Dr. Crusher. She was my hero. Um, I also, I think it was like my, probably my ninth birthday party. I My birthday cake had the next gen, like, four nice. inch action figures on it. That was my Love birthday it. cake. It was real good. Um, yeah, I was also a huge fan of the Reading Rainbow episode mm-hmm. where they show you how you do everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, look, this shuttlecraft, this engine on this shuttlecraft, it's a Lady Bic Razor. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Transporter, it's just sprinkles in water. Like, yep. just glitter. Mm-hmm. Don't even worry about it. Amazing. I mm-hmm. love that. Um, so this is a wild pilot, and I actually really like a lot of the ways that they handled things. Um, because unlike a show, it, it actually, it's in a lot of ways, they did things sort of like Cheers that we talked about, um, where 
you have characters that know each other, you have new characters, and the new characters help you to learn about the characters that already know each other because they get to introduce themselves, and mm-hmm. yep. it's a whole thing. And we start off running, and this is real good. I like a captain's log. It's a real good way to set up. Star Trek is at its heart a Monster of the Week mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we need some... Like, we got to get into it. We don't have time for a lot of exposition. We have got to get to the monster before we, you know, can do anything. So the ship has this brand new galaxy class starship. The Enterprise D is headed out on its first mission. We have to stop at Farpoint Station and we got to pick some people up. First of all, there's weird stuff going on there and we have to pick up the rest of our crew. So is this is this enterprise the same enterprise or a new enterprise? No, this is this is oh. NCC one seven zero one D. The original okay. one is I think the A, right? It's just it's the original it one was just it didn't have a letter. It was yeah. just NCC one seven zero one. One seven zero one. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is like five iterations later. Because this takes so place it's like we're just iterating over yeah. you know, the same ship, maybe outfitting like the QE2, it new engines. The QE three, you know, it's it's yeah. the next. Because this series takes place roughly 80-something years after the original series. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. the rough timeline. Yeah, I picked up up on that due to something that came along Mm -hmm. later. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's been a minute. Okay. Yeah. And before we get too far into it, like, I don't remember this pilot as well as I thought I did. But good Lord, they crammed everything into this pilot. So much into this pilot. I didn't and realize then, that they crammed everything that we know of TNG in this pilot. Basically, yeah. yeah. Like Which so they much then stuff. come back to you they, at the end in the finale. I well, mean. and just all kinds of things that they use throughout the series. Yeah. And it's just it's like, all in here. oh, they started from the start with that. <laughs> that. And like we said about Cheers, it's impressive the way they introduced everything and yes, it's two episodes technically, but still, it is well paced throughout the yeah. whole hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um, even Miles O'Brien, he's mm-hmm. never mentioned by name, but he is in this episode. And he walked in, and I was like, "What?" Yep. He's not Hang even on. credited as Miles yet. No. Yeah, he no. doesn't have a name. He's just he the was comms just guy. Uh-huh. He, he was just liked enough in this particular episode that they brought him back later on and then made him a recurring character into unlike a, s- a minimum of three series, right? Like, mm-hmm. well, he ended up being, he's, yeah, he's probably he's yeah. still doing star Trek, right? I think so. <laughs> Nonsense. Um, so I, I think everybody is fairly, you know, fairly established as who they are from the beginning. Like there aren't, we don't have some, any major character changes by the time we get going here. No. Um, yeah. No, I think the so, only well, the, one, the, the only thing that really, like the characters grew over the course of the series, but the main, yeah. mm-hmm. the main couple of things that, that kind of grew was like the idea of Picard being like a career minded guy who had no family and was bristly towards kids. Yeah. There's that whole exchange mm-hmm. that because Patrick Stewart is just kind of, you know, Star Trek's grandpa. It, it it sort of became they they did do that a lot in the first couple of seasons and he softened as you went along and then you did meet some of his family his brother and whatnot in later episodes. Yeah. Would you learn um, why family is maybe not Yeah. his mm. you know right. his and, jam. And other things like Troy 
over the course of the series yeah, they gets to grow. They didn't know what actually, to do with her a little bit. Yeah. No. They didn't. And they didn't really – I mean, it was 87, and there's still kind of this idea of it's a lot of old white guys writing and running the show. Yeah. And yeah. kind of figuring but, out some of those characters. They got much better. I mean, Roddenberry was very progressive and absolutely. had a lot of very good ideas. I mean, you see, because, like, in the original series, right, the, the male characters wore the pants and the female characters wore the, the little skirt. Mm-hmm. And that was that. Very um, little skirt. Very uh. little skirt. <laughs> I have the original, the, the, like, technical manual, and I didn't realize it has patterns. Yep. Um, which is wild that it does have them that you could, like, it's on a grid, you can expand it. But it has, like, the, the, the line drawings. And it says from like crotch to bottom of skirt is seven point six centimeters, and I was like, no, thank you. Wow. <laughs> no, yeah, you can't you. sit need, down on a bus seat and feel comfortable. Guess who yeah, that so you're taking a, yeah, you're yeah. taking a towel with you wherever you go because yeah. your bits that's, are going to be sitting on whatever you're sitting on, yeah, it's and it's not, not going to be great. That's not a yeah. skirt; um, that's a belt. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> Troy, bad. Troy eventually gets her her bodysuit. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure, I do like she she has an arc through the series because she is an officer. Yeah. Um and she mm-hmm. doesn't wear the uniform for a lot of the series and then she decides that she's going to take her bridge officer's exam and it's a whole thing and she becomes basically a medical officer because that's what she does um, mm-hmm. because she's the ship's counselor. Um, I did see a comment talking about what a flex it is that Picard has his psychiatrist with him every time, like, a new species calls. <laughs> like, it's pretty mm-hmm. good, just in case you need him to calm down. Right. Did Did she always have an accent like yes. she has? Mm-hmm. It all, it's through the yeah. whole series. Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. for some reason, I thought that she didn't have that at some point in a clip I saw. But I guess it was always there. But it's not... Super overt. It's kind of like depends on what she's saying, I guess. Where you yeah, a little mm-hmm. bit. It okay. definitely was jarring the first time I ever heard her speak, not in character. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it felt like a fairly natural accent to her, just the way she portrayed mm-hmm. Troy. Yeah, um, I think partly because she's she's British but has Greek parents, so I feel yeah. like that accent <laughs> is very much sort of that like middle ground. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, Patrick Stewart did one time come out with a thing that's like he's a British actor playing a French space captain on an American TV show. Like it was like a whole <laughs> yeah. convoluted thing. Um, Again, it was the 80s. I mean, this was a year oh, after only, Highlander. We, we're still yeah. um, we're still giving French characters British accents. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's it's, you know. It's just a thing. People and given the way stuff. they play with characters, Steven, it's entirely possible you saw a thing where she was talking with a straight accent for a reason. Yeah. That's true Could as be. well. Yeah. 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 Could be. She but even some wild storylines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but there were even like little things in the first season where you have Tasha Yar, the security chief, mm-hmm. who uh, ends up not being the security chief anymore and becomes Worf. He goes from just yeah. being kind of a bridge officer to mm. the the chief of security. Jordy isn't at this point the chief engineer. In engineering, no. He's just a oh yeah another. He's a bridge officer, yeah. and he mm-hmm. becomes an engineer and the chief engineer later on. So like those I things. Think part changed. of that was that they were um, willing to expand beyond the bridge. Yeah. yeah. You know we don't have like there's a lot of other stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that the engine room is actually just super interesting. We built Did it. Did the security? Well 
did the security officer stick around? Because I don't remember her from anything ever. Mm. Like, there's an no. incident. There. Oh, okay. But it's then a, later, it's a whole thing. It's, it's a whole thing. drama in and out of the show. It was a lot. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, Hashiar yeah. is phenomenal. After this episode, we're still going to tell you you must watch the rest of this first season, yeah, like, and you'll get we're it. Say that because I. But I mean, I to mean, know her yeah. story, watch it. It's. It's mm. real good. She's great. all the Patreon content for Stephen watches Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's really good. Coming every mm-hmm. episode, <laughs> and then of course there's the obvious other one, which is uh, Riker grows a beard. And right, comes the yeah. first. Yeah, Riker without a beard is mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. I was like, what yeah. is going on? First mm-hmm. season thing, they were like, I don't know. And then second well, season, like, oh, there's his power. I think it was when he showed up with a beard, and they were like, yes. This is, yes. Well, because you have to think about, like, Star Trek, when it started, was very based in it being, Starfleet being a military organization. And Mm -hmm. so they had grooming standards. If you watch the original series, everyone has not only no facial hair, the same sideburns. They were part of the uniform Mm -hmm. to have these, like, tapered Mm -hmm. sideburns. So when this started, they're following that same thing. But then somewhere in season, at the beginning of season two, Probably because you're right, Jonathan Frakes just showed up with a beard, and they're like, all right, I guess you can keep it. No, he, and Gene Roddenberry said very nautical. So that oh, was wow. his comment nice. on it, and, <laughs> which it is. I mean, Yeah. By the way, if you want a fascinating discussion, there is a podcast called Inside of You uh, from Michael Rosenbaum, who played, yes. um, he was Lex Luthor on Smallville. And he does a podcast where he interviews people, and he has interviewed Brent Spiner, Gates McFadden, uh, I think Will Wheaton. Definitely yeah. Jonathan Frakes. Listen to the Jonathan Frakes episode yes. if you get a chance. It is unreal how good it is. He is hilarious, and he is so just loose and relaxed and comfortable talking about it. He talks mm-hmm. about how much of a family they became making this show and how much mm-hmm. fun they had. And my favorite part is when he talked, Rosenbaum asked him about, because Jonathan Frakes ended up getting into directing because of Star Trek. Yeah. Like he... He, from the beginning, was interested in it, so he shadowed the directors for, like, three seasons, and then they started letting him direct episodes. Yeah. And he talked about how difficult it was being a director because they all screwed around so much on set. Mm-hmm. Like, they would—he's yeah. like, Dorn is over here wrestling people between takes, and, like, Brent <laughs> Spiner is of- doing this stuff. And they would—he's he, like, they would literally screw around and crack jokes until the word action was spoken, and then they would settle in and do their scene. <laughs> And as soon as cut, they would just go right back into it. And There's it was... a gif of uh, Patrick Stewart giggling after something happened that I <laughs> yes. used all of. Yeah, this so one. good. <laughs> that, that's uh, a cool crew. I saw them at Dragon Con. It was it was Michael Dorn, Brent Spiner, uh, Marina Sirtis, and Jonathan Frakes. And everybody came in the the normal way you come to a panel, like onto the stage at the table except for Jonathan Frakes. He came in through the back door mm-hmm. and was like wandering past the crowd like <laughs> high-fiving everybody and waving and we're like we're on the edge of the seat. We're going to get to see Jonathan Frakes like up close. Me being not yeah. really know why I'm excited. It's just you're just with everybody. You're like yep. this is great. Mm-hmm. There's you know, amazing and it was great. uh there's an amazing video that goes around. It's a reaction video of there's a kid he does Riker sitting on things with different challenge levels. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and Jonathan Frakes reacts to it mm-hmm. and says that he does a phenomenal job and it's so good. Yeah, I suppose I should tell my so Will good. Wheaton story real quick. 
Why not? Yeah. Because I have a Will Wheaton story. Because obviously, obviously Wesley Crusher on the list because I, it was the right from the beginning. correct age. Like it was just mm-hmm. the correct age. So the very first Penny Arcade Expo in Boston, uh, Will Wheaton was the keynote speaker. Um, his speech was like wonderful and it ended with the phrase welcome home and I just like it was all about being a nerd, and it was just great, right? It was before there were so many nerd conventions. It was like it was like very, mm-hmm. and so I had his book, and I waited in line forever uh, to get his signature. And I had like an out of body experience while I was doing this because I get up there, and as he's signing it, I do say, you know, you you were the first man I ever really loved, and he looks me. <laughs> He looks me dead in the face and says, and you grew up as beautifully as I knew you would. And I like almost died. Like I almost (laughs) just died. Like I almost just died. Wow. So I find him a little irritating now, but (laughs) the time it was like that is a lot. That is some smooth action right there. I was so that was some Riker nonsense. I was gonna say Riker ain't the only one pulling off the lines. No, it was it was a lot. I was like, sir, come on now. <laughs> um, so I guess we should actually talk about this episode because it's wild that we get Q. Oh, my God. We get Q from the beginning. And Q does come back several times. And he's mm-hmm. like the best part. Um, so John Delancey is a soap actor, which is why my sister was very excited. because She loved him. Like, oh, this is great. And I feel like playing an omnipotent being would be a lot of fun mm-hmm. oh yeah you know you can get away with anything so the gist of the episode from the q side is that uh q is trying to prevent the enterprise because the enterprise is on an exploratory mission they're going out and that is what they're doing they're, they're approaching the unknown edge of space for humanity um and the q is like no <laughs> You are um, a virus and you should not, like, no, you can't go out there. And, um, not wrong. So, Captain Picard <laughs> argues with, I know that, like, a lot of this episode, I started being like, well, yeah, Q, Q's got um, a point. Yeah. Um, um, Q puts the, he, fine, we're going to put humanity on trial then. That's great. And you all are going to answer for humanity. So there is a part where they're talking about so they they're transported to this not definitely not at all Nazi looking courtroom no. that they made but the, it's but it's also like a rowdy medieval crap it's so weird it's so weird um, but the best part is they're talking about like oh yeah the mid twenty first century after the um, the atomic what was it atomic nightmare or something Post-atomic like that atomic horror post-atomic horror and i just looked at like in the in the 80s i would have been like oh that would be awful and now i look at it and i go no that seems about yeah yes. no, that actually mm-hmm. seems yeah. about right yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 no get the potassium tablets uh, yeah it seems about right <laughs> yeah. um, when picard says the line we humans know our past even when we're ashamed of it and i'm thinking oh boy some of us oh boy <laughs> Some of us. Yes, some of us. (laughs) Mm. This should not be so Mm. 
point. I feel like we've gone backwards from 19. <laughs> That's the thing. I was like, holy. Hearing that line today, I'm like, ugh. Yeah, okay. We know it. We just like to put our own spin on it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, we get like hints at Tashiar's background, which winds up being, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Tashiar's background is great. Worf's, ba- everybody's background is great. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We did meet Picard's Ta- fish, Livingston. Yeah. He has a lion fish that lives in the bubble in his office. Which seems good. <laughs> During that court scene, Tasha Yar really, uh, she really acted the bejesus out of that. Mm-hmm. I was like, boy, we went, we went to full tears and yelling. I don't know that this much, uh, uh, whatever you're doing was required for the scene, but you really went there. <laughs> there was you really a, took it. There was mm-hmm. a lot of acting, and so it is one of those things <laughs> where acting. it's like, yeah, no, there's just a lot of it, right? Like, because we wind up. I mean, this is the Deanna Troy problem. Right, because she can sense emotions from other oh, beings, yeah. and so it's like that's hot. Like this, it winds up for some weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it winds up with a lot of people just staring at her while she <laughs> yeah. sobs or something. It's just they 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 fix that a little that, later, and not to mention the fact that when the show started. Like, the rest of the cast has admitted how much they were intimidated by Patrick Stewart coming and being the captain. How could you You not be? Royal Shakespeare Company. Right. And it's like, we've (laughs) got to act next to this guy? (sighs) Okay. All right. I'm going to act it as hard as I can, which in Mm -hmm. Shakespeare works out pretty well for you. Right. Shakespearean actors are scared. This quick anecdote reminded me of Shakespearean actors. Alan Rickman apparently scared uh, Jay Muse so much in Dogma that Jay memorized the entire script because he was so scared he would upset Alan Rickman. <laughs> so this oh. must be like a uh, a royal Shakespeare thing. Like you yeah. just scare yes. the Jesus out of and everybody. Was, into, I mean, <laughs> that was a Jay Muse thing too because like he got a lot of crap for uh, <laughs> was it Ch- chasing Amy. And so, yeah. oh yeah, showing Smith, up not prepared. Yeah. Smith told him to be prepared, and so he memorized the script, the whole thing, not just his <laughs> yeah. part, everything. Yeah, <laughs> good. Um, yeah, well, listen, if Ian McKellen showed up, and you were gonna do like a oh. thing with him, you, it, yeah, right, you, You're right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I would um, try. I have no training, but boy, I would give it all I had. Yeah, yeah. So what Q says is, your first destination. That's going to be your test. This is your test. All right? You either pass or uh, you don't. And <laughs> so this is like the B part. So it's this weird Farpoint Station, which I'd forgotten basically everything about Farpoint Station. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so Farpoint Station was built by the natives, and they're trying to forge a deal where Starfleet can use... Farpoint Station as a base, and presumably the natives get something, supplies, latinum. Yeah, something they were real eager for that deal. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And everything about this place is perfect. Um, uh, Riker is meeting with the leader. um, And okay, yeah. Pause real quick, just before we get there. Yeah. First time we're in Next Generation, they go ahead and just separate the saucer section. Separate Holy the saucer crap. section. 
at warp speed. So it was because the theme started up, right? It's like, no, this is not that right. old enterprise. Like this Mm-mm. one? Yeah. Yeah, that was a Which, big that's a thing, deal. too. When you see, when you see them was... evacuating people uh-huh. and you see the diversity of people that are on that ship. Mm-hmm. In 1987, mm-hmm. like it, it's, yeah. I very specifically noticed a dude wearing the skirt uniform, yep. and I felt yep. yes, much more justified. I had to double in my take on that because I was no, pretty I knew, sure I saw a dude, but I mm-hmm. didn't know. I knew that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of get away from that later in the yeah. series. Well, um, what mostly because, because the skirt uniform is terrible. Yes, but also <laughs> like good. later on, it would show up in like background because they just had them. And yeah. they didn't right. have enough budget to give like everybody new uniforms because the uniforms yeah. changed over the course of the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They went from right now, right. like this first episode, they're one piece jumpsuits. But right. they yeah. were. They're one piece oh, jumpsuits yeah, 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 for yeah. a while. Mm-hmm. And they're made out of spandex um, and they're not all comfortable. All I can think of is Gates McFadden talking about how bad they stank. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Because oh. you just can't wash them that often. Because nope. it's not real good fabric for washing. Yeah, yeah the colors down would with fade. Vodka and hope. Oof, that's awful. But man, yeah. this that whole dude episode the skirt reminded me of uh, Zap Brannigan. That's that's yeah. that's all I <laughs> yeah. could think of when that's I saw probably, him. Probably, honestly, that's probably where Zap got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> he might be right. Yeah, it's very likely. Uh, but this <laughs> this whole episode, I was thinking of it as like from the position of a Star Trek fan who hasn't had Star Trek on TV for very long. And then this comes along and all the things they do in this episode. That's just so new. Like saucer section, boom, Boom. you know, Mm. Hey, that thing on the lapel, that's the communicator now. Boom. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Um, you can get Bluetooth ones. Yeah. The technology is so good now. I'm like, so, Mm -hmm. I mean like, and, and so this is a big thing, right? iPads directly, yep. like directly come from from Star Trek, like one hundred percent. I know there's other things too, and I've they've completely escaped my mind right now. iPads are the big one though, because they were like, yeah, no, that actually is great. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the doors are one of my favorite stories because the doors are not actually automatic. Nope. Like, there are people nah. pulling ropes to open the doors. So sometimes they wouldn't open mm-hmm. exactly on time. <laughs> but you had to walk at the door like it would. as if it would open. <laughs> because, and so, like, I think it's Jonathan Frakes has stories about just walking face first into doors yep. that didn't open on time. <laughs> yeah. Because you have to walk through them with authority or else it's not going to mm-hmm. be believable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen some. I've seen some like blooper clips of just people yeah. like, walking into them, or you hear you just hear them hitting the door on the other side of the turbo yeah. lift, and then it uh-huh. opens up, and they're coming out like rubbing their forehead. Yeah. It's great. Um, so far, Point Station is weird, and it we get a couple of instances of people getting exactly the thing that they wanted. Um, Riker's in meeting with what was his name? What was his title? Groppler, Groppler Zorn. Groppler Zorn. Groppler Zorn. Groppler. That's real good. Played by, by um, the way, played by Michael yeah. Bell, who, if you don't mm-hmm. know who Michael Bell is, you've heard his voice. 
because he was mm-hmm. one of those stable of voice actors. He was Duke in G.I. Joe. He was in mm-hmm. and a bunch of other voices. He was a bunch of voices in Transformers and and so on. And and he's one of those he's one of those IMDb pages with like three hundred and eighty something credits. You know, because yeah. he's yeah. just done voice work forever. Wow. Um. So we he. He's in there, Riker, and he's like, here, here, here's some human delicacies. And he puts over a bowl of fruit that's got, like, bananas and currants, which were weird choices, but that's mm-hmm. fine. Riker's like, I, man, I wish he had an apple. And then, like, a bowl of apples is just suddenly on the desk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's this whole thing. And so he takes the apple, and he's like, yeah, all right, great. Thanks. Because he's already suspicious that this place is weird. He leaves... And Zorn is talking to, hmm, hmm, we don't know, about Mm -hmm. how you can't do that. Like, you're going to get caught. You're Mm going to get us caught. They're going to find out. Blah, 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 blah. Um, I've I've lost all of the deep, like, everything has blended now as to when things. So I like how... You said Riker was suspicious. We don't know that until after that scene, and he catches up with Doctor Crusher and Wesley, and well, is trying he was to tell in there her talking about. He was in there trying to find out about like how do you get all the power for this place, right? And, and you know, and... like he's he's asking some deep questions. Sure, yeah. How and did you build it like, so fast? That. But then the apple thing happens. Like, oh, oh yeah. cool. And then in the next scene, when he's trying to tell Doctor Crusher what happened, like, yeah. Oh, he played it off. Like, yeah. I was impressed mm-hmm. that they wrote him smart enough to play it off. And then it's like, okay, something's going on here, Doctor. We need to yeah. figure something out. Yeah. And the Doctor's like, oh, whatever. And then it's like the fabric thing happens. Like, okay, I think you're onto something. Now, I do, like, they do have Wesley come up and be like, that print wasn't there. Yeah, no, we caught that, man. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. No, we got it. Thanks, though. Beginning of Wesley trying to tell us again. Mm-hmm. Um. When do we get when do we get Admiral McCoy? Because I don't remember. So it's at after what point that it's after, after the saucer. Yeah, the saucer comes back and mm-hmm. they reconnect. Okay, after they reconnect yeah. it. Uh, yeah. I, I wrote down back. that I bet Riker never fails to plug in a USB right on the first yeah. try. Uh-huh. Exactly. Like, cause if you ask also, a lot of the if you ask a lot of the female members of the crew, they can tell you that. We also get the one little <laughs> moment. <laughs> Where Jordy's talking to Dr. Crusher about his visor, and we get the information oh, yeah. that he's always, always in, in pain. pain. And it's like, oh, okay, so Jordy's our Wolverine. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Later, but though, at one point, um, he has an infection, and they fix that. Like, they get away from that. Oh, yeah. Pretty early on. I just wanted her to, like, take it and just bend it out a little bit and hand it back to him <laughs> yeah. and have it be fine. Yeah. Because that <laughs> felt like a very. Like, no, let's mm-hmm. just fix this. It's fine. But, you know, and I and, didn't realize they ever showed his eyes. I thought yeah. I, yeah. that was oh, yeah. new to me. Every I, once in a while. I didn't know that. Yeah, every so often you'd get that. And um, what I like is we talked about this last week with, like, the writing being great right off the bat. And this mm-hmm. was some good writing here because you have to have that exposition dump of sort of he's been blind from birth and this helps him see and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. But to have it be like. you saw him yeah. on the planet. Right. Yeah. And you're like, what is the deal with his thing? Mm -hmm. What is what? But to get that and to have it be like it's his medical exam coming onto the ship with the doctor and then for him to be to just spout it all out and go, I'm sorry. Uh, Apologies if I've said and heard this a hundred times already. Anyone with a chronic Mm -hmm. illness 
knows that feeling. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I have been over all of this so many times. Please just read the paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, it, but <laughs> it, instantly, it instantly makes him uh, relatable. And yeah. and it's and I mean Lavar Burton is a great casting choice anyway, He's but it makes him so relatable, and it shows that the Doctor, you know, we're getting a little bit of information about the Doctor, and we just you know, it's all of this the way they meet everybody is great mm-hmm. because right. you have to have those those meetings and they have to, and because it's a military organization, them saying their name isn't going to be mm-hmm. doesn't feel as forced, right? Yeah, because you obviously would. I did forget to mention when Q first shows up and he goes through a series of costume changes because that is what Q does best is a series of costume changes. So So he starts out as like a conquistador, which is very apt for his perspective as Mm -hmm. what this ship is doing. Yeah. Love that. He's like, fine, something more modern then. And then it's like a World War II Mm -hmm. soldier. Complete with cigarette. Complete with cigarette, which is so good, which then that's the whole... You know, the the whole atomic bomb and um, people think that that is how we got contact with aliens. That's a whole mm-hmm. that is a whole deep. We're not I'm not going to inflate. But then but then but then we get future military. Mm-hmm. The and their padded armor, which apparently doesn't do anything because nope. that guy in the courtroom just gets shot. Yep. Yeah. Um, but the military is controlled by drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brave New World stuff. Yeah. So good. And that outfit is ridiculous. Yeah. So dumb. So, so dumb. dumb. I loved it. It's really great. And it just says yeah. army. EVA on foam. Drug thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even as good as e- I think it was like couch foam. Like it was just yeah, it was, very yeah. soft. It was they just very sold, terrible. Sewed a couple patches on it and was like, there we go. There we go. We're there. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. They're like, we're going to use this for like two episodes and you're never going to see it again. We're not spending any money on this. There was some like <laughs> Star Trek as a future has such this weirdly, especially in this era, has such this weirdly like sanitized look to it where mm-hmm. all the clothing is futuristic looking. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons that they were wearing jumpsuits and they zipped up in the back early on was yep. because there's no zippers in the future. Sure. That was the that was the the mm. thought process. So none of the clothes well, later on are first like episode that. though. Yeah. You can see that zipper in front. It's like that's yeah. where you got in. Okay. Well, they eventually <laughs> moved to two piece uniforms, which was a lot yeah. more comfortable. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and that's where we get I the like, Picard maneuver. Uh, yep. My because, favorite yeah. is anytime we get casual clothing. Um. It's so oh. good. Like, we're just all wearing flowy loungewear mm-hmm. if we're not in uniform, and I am here for it. Picard yes. particularly <laughs> likes his deep v Loves it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Riker, too. And then they do, uh, they exercise, like, they go to the gym, and mm-hmm. the girls have the, like, 1982 super high cut yep. um, <laughs> leotards yeah. with tights. They're, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Decent. Yeah. All I gotta say but is, I wonder how much power is spent on the temperature control on that ship because <laughs> yeah. everybody's just doing fine. Everybody's great. Um, so yeah, um, so the we we come to find out so the the this other ship appears, right? Is this yep. now? I don't yeah. even know. Yeah, no, this is now because Riker has Riker has been looking for Lieutenant Commander Data for a while. Mm-hmm. Right, he can't find him mm-hmm. and. First, it's because Data. Data is escorting an admiral to a shuttlecraft. Yes. And, which is mm-hmm. right. such a great moment because he's got yeah. McCoy. So 
Um, and I, which I if noticed, anyone knows about transporter mishaps, it's him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the the one little thing I noticed that I loved about that is just at the end when they're walking away, you can see that Bones is wearing an original series yep. costume, yep. like with the yep. pant legs with the tucked pants. in yep. and the tall boots. And I was like, yep. oh, wow. Yeah, it's real good. I, uh, I, yeah. I wrote down one quote that he said that I just found to be the quote I'm going to say when I'm like 85. Because mm-hmm. uh, he was saying, I would hate to trouble you, but what make you walk this far? He said, what's so damn troublesome about not having died? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I yeah. really like that. Yeah, I'm going to use that. That's yeah. bones for you. That was really good. Yeah, it was perfect. Um, but then, then we get to meet uh, Data again in the holodeck. So we, we get, get to, to learn, learn about the holodeck. We've got the freaking holodeck cool. again. We got the holodeck in the first freaking episode, <laughs> and we get to learn how it works in the first episode. So that later, when Moriarty steps off of it, we're all okay with it. Which is so far down the line. Mm-hmm. So it's really Steven, cool how they explain the holodeck, though. Like mm-hmm. the way yeah. they put, they said that. We can take you from a planet and then re-engineer all the molecules to make you copy or put yeah. you up here with us. A like, plant, that's rocks easy. Rocks and plants are easy. Like, yeah. We can rearrange molecules all day. Look at us. Which uh, makes sense. I mean, they really have replicators. Cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, I bought it yeah. instantly, and it didn't take a whole bunch of exposition to explain it. Just, no. you see what we do when we beam you up? That's mm-hmm. what we do with this stuff. Same process. Yeah. Yep. Really so cool to good. me. Yeah, um, a-, a one pilot uh, writing. Good job. Yeah, yeah. We didn't just, in- we'd introduce this now, but we did. Yeah, yeah. And just Riker's introduction to Data was amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like Data's like, "Are you bothered by me?" He's like, "A little bit, but you know, for reasons." Mm-hmm. You know, and he's still playful with him. He's like, "Okay, Pinocchio," and Data's like. Well. <laughs> Well, you get it, it, you're kind of establishing the different levels of tension between different crew members mm-hmm. right. in this episode. There's Riker and Data, and then there's uh, there's Picard to Wesley. Like, mm-hmm. there's all this tension, and how they that deal with creating. that tension. Yeah, you're not making it a thing yet because it doesn't have to be, but you're setting those those foundations for later. If this needs to escalate, we've already got some foundation mm-hmm. for why this right. is a problem yep. or could be a problem. It's really good stuff. See, Riker really wanted to be a graphic designer, but then um, AI are just, just stole all of his work. He had to become a, he had to learn how to manually uh, reattach the saucer section. Mm-hmm. Love it. He's really good geometry, though. Like yeah, he's really minus good five geometry. degrees. What? That's why he's so good at music? Yeah, yeah. yeah Riker mm-hmm. plays the trombone. Stephen, he plays what? the trombone. Mm-hmm. Yes, he do it a lot. of course he does. It's oh, so yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Listen, yeah, if there's choice. one thing that this show did, it was uh, it was make Riker, he would play music, and he'll show off his chest hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Riker is that. an 80s male hero, if there yep. ever was one. Yep. Okay, all right. It, we'll never get to all these episodes, so it's fine. There's an episode where um, Picard is need like is going on leave, because Picard hasn't been on leave in I don't know how long. And they're like, just go to Ryza, which is the pleasure planet. Mm-hmm. Just go... You need a break. And Riker goes, hey, while you're there, can you get me this thing? And Picard's (laughs) like, yeah, sure. (laughs) So he gets Riker this statue. And so he's just sitting by the pool in his little deep V robe trying to read (laughs) his book. 
and he's got the statue for Riker next to him. This woman comes up and tries to, like, get with him. Oh, it turns out that the statue thing that Riker told him to get is, you know, like at the Brazilian steakhouse when you do the green side and the red side? That's the green side for <laughs> looking for companionship. Uh. And Riker knew that. And so, and it was <laughs> Riker wingmanning from mm-hmm. space. And oh, that's, that's the kind good. of first officer you need to have. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well done, Riker. Um, <laughs> very long story, not at all short. Um, we come to find out this, this other ship appears, mm-hmm. but it's not a ship. There's this whole thing where Troy can feel these very big minds. It's not a ship. It's another being. It is a being. It is a space jellyfish. Mm-hmm. Q shows up and is like, time's up. Let's go. And Picard is like, I am dealing with some stuff right now. Like <laughs> this weird space jellyfish. What they eventually, the, the short version that they eventually figured out is that the people down on the planet captured and used this space jellyfish that can transmute energy into matter to build Farpoint Station. And they are, they have trapped it and they are harnessing it to do all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so Q's like, why would you think that? Like, he's trying to like make them screw up. Not well. He's not good at it. No. Um, so they send down an energy beam to feed the one that's on the planet. And it, like, they evacuate Farpoint. I don't know how they did it so quickly, but sure. Um, And then um, the blue space jellyfish comes up from under the Farpoint station, and it flies up, and then it holds tentacles with the pink one. And then they're Mm -hmm. so happy forever. And Troy's like, this is just joy. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, Avatar, you weren't the first one to do that. Yeah, no, yeah. embracing thing. (laughs) Yeah. This actually is. I'll get you next time, Gadget. (laughs) <laughs> this seems like the direct inspiration for a side quest in God of War Ragnarok where you release two jellyfish from underground. And I was like, wait a minute. Is mm-hmm. that where they got this? I kid you not. Yeah, Your entire is. mission is to go underground and release these jellyfish that are trapped in all these vines with cool axe. And they fly into space. And it's a beautiful show. And I'm like, oh, my word. That's where these jellyfish came from. Kratos unleashed the jellyfish, and then one was captured again underground as a space city. I should investigate that. I got to get a hold of a God of War quest maker and be like, Mm -hmm. tell me this is the same jellyfish. They saw it as a kid, and then it just just embedded in their (laughs) head. Mm -hmm. Or it's a reference to some deeply obscure myth. Sure. That we don't know about, and they've just, they're just going with it. Yeah, it's yeah. just in two things. They have a common ancestor in myth. Yeah. <laughs> I like to believe that those Ragnarok jellyfish are these jellyfish. I, th- in the I, like, to, I like to believe that. Works That's for me. Really yeah. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> I do like the Q at the end. So Q, Q shows back up in a Starfleet uniform, um, which mm-hmm. he does a lot, and it's really good every time. Oh, it's great, and Picard um, hates it yeah. every time. Picard hates it. I also love that... <laughs> he didn't that earn it, man. The, the one thing I noticed from the beginning is he's, his first personality was the Conquistador, and he uses yeah. the Mon Capitan all the time. All the time. Well, because, yeah. He, like, he talks to Picard, yeah, all the time. <laughs> um, and, yeah, he, he's like, fine, you win this round. 
I'll be watching you. I'll Which, probably I mean, come back. That's got a, you know, it's your first mission. You're on a brand new ship and you meet an omnipotent being who's like, look, you're, you're under double secret probation and I'm going to be watching you from here on out. Yeah. Cool. Hey, you represent cool. all get of humanity. Get the hell off my ship. <laughs> yep. Yeah, get the hell off. Um, I like Q because Q, like, so the original series had, like, the Nazi planet and the cowboy planet and that kind of thing. We've established Q and the holodeck. So mm-hmm. now we can have the Western adventure and the Sherlock Holmes adventure. Yep. And the Robin Hood adventure. And we don't have to have like, oh, here's a whole planet that's Robin Hood. Like, we've (laughs) built it in. We can still do those dumb things that are so much fun. But we at least are not, like, killing lore in order to get it done. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Which is really good. Big fan. We established from the beginning, beginning, we're going to have our cake and we're going to eat it, too. We are going to eat it, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to be really good. Um, and so now, like, we're great. Now we're off to go explore space, I guess. Here we go. Our continuing mission, mm-hmm. which they learned from the first one. Don't put a, don't put a, don't time put an end date on it. What are you doing? Because <laughs> <sighs> it was what, five year mission, right? Originally, it was oh, a five year yeah. series. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's just the continuing mission. Because mm-hmm. that was the thing when I was a kid, I used to get, like, every now and then my dad would put on original track. And I didn't, like, I liked the Voyage Home, obviously. Because mm-hmm. it's the best. Um, but I didn't, like, I was like, no, they're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this is incorrect. Mm-hmm. What are they doing? Um, so, yeah. That is how the my favorite show of all time started we saw it and i was i forgot how much was in it and it was all pretty wonderful so Uh, how did we feel Mm -hmm. going back to this pilot travis uh it was hard for me to not just like forget everything else and just watch star trek i wanted to just keep going uh, I need I need more hours in my day so I can watch more episodes of Star Trek again because it's been a few years since I've watched TNG. Um, yeah. And like, I just I just want to go back to it because it's just so mm-hmm. comforting. All of it is, and all of the characters, and then uh, you know, knowing kind of where some of the storylines are going to go and and mm-hmm. the guest stars we're going to get and the all of that. I just want more. So this was so much fun. Uh, how about you, Adi? Oh, same. Uh, like I've been saying, like just my mind exploding with all the things they introduced just in this first episode, couple of yeah. episodes, mm-hmm. that just laid the groundwork for everything they did in this series. Like, here's how everybody meets. Here's their personalities. Here's the holodeck. Just, yeah, have it. You know, here's Wesley. He's going to rub off on the captain. Don't worry. It's going to happen. Kind of thing, you know, data the android and how he weirds out people. And, you know, are you undamaged? I'm good. How about you? I'm fine. It's like, okay, great. All right. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was so fun. Steven, how was your first foray into the next generation? I had a really good time. I mean, as you remember from when we did Spock's Brain, I had a really great time with the original series. Uh Uh, I thought it was super fun. I thought this was super fun. 
it was it, it was about what I expected. Yeah. But it was also just a really another top-notch pilot episode of TV. Mm-hmm. I got everything I needed to know and I really know from episode 1 whether it's something to to keep yeah. watching or something to not keep watching, which right. is is great cuz a lot of times people tell you like, "Oh, give that show 3 episodes to really find its feed or like yeah. in the case of The Office and a modern sitcom. Like that took a whole season and then yeah. a few episodes into season 2 before it figured out what it was going to be. Yeah. And like I this like, show it it knew right yeah. after. Yeah. I like a show that lets mm-hmm. you like Game of Thrones episode one, you know pretty mm-hmm. quick whether that's going to be for you or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, <laughs> you know, can handle the last three it. minutes, you're good. Yeah. You, yeah, you're then fine. that's and, just your jam. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, Next Generation's first season has some rough points. There's some sure. episodes sure. that are, yeah, that are there are some episodes that are just not good. Um, yeah. yeah. But for the pilot to be as strong as this was, and like you mm-hmm. said, you just, you know, right away, is this a show for yeah. me? Yep. All right. Let's go. And you can kind of wade yep. through mm-hmm. that first season, and then it really mm-hmm. picks up in season two, um, even more. And it, there's a you know, obviously it went for seven seasons, and it didn't get yeah. canceled. They just decided seven seasons was enough. Was enough. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah and yeah, it's, and I mean it's the, a show that I want to like uh, yeah. as mm-hmm. well. Like I'm just always around a bunch of nerds. There's shows that those nerds like that I'm just never gonna like because I don't really care and I don't want to. Yeah. But Star Trek has so much to it, and as a storytelling fan, yeah. I just love that there's that many things that get played with, and mm-hmm. all these, these toys in the toy box that they can goof around with, and it's just like an endless possibility kind of show. I, I love it, and I and I want to dive in more. The thing I like about even the, like the episodes that aren't very good, they're still trying something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like They're taking a risk. doesn't always pay off, but that's at least something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um there's a there's a weird so when we did pilots the first time i did doogie hauser in that second episode has that weird thing about the woman who wanted to have his baby mm-hmm. yeah the second episode well after the first two that are one the two-part first episode mm-hmm. the second episode is the one where they're infected by the virus that makes everybody act like they're intoxicated and everybody gets real handsy Oh, yeah. I don't know why this keeps happening, but second episode. I was <laughs> like, that's Lord. the second episode? The Naked Now is the second episode? And and that was that was a uh, like a retread of an original series episode. Yes. There was the original series episode was called The Naked Time. And yeah. that one, if like people remember it because it had uh, the scene with Sulu sword fighting in a hallway shirtless. Yeah. <laughs> See, and the thing, we the get thing stuff about... like that. Not quite to that yeah. level, but we get stuff like that in the second in episode this. of the series. Mm-hmm. So, there, when you if you do watch Star more Star Trek, you will see so much like your favorite Futurama episodes are actually Star Trek episodes. Yep, like um, mm-hmm. season one, episode thirteen, Angel One, is this new new episode. Like it's just that it's a yeah. matriarchal planet. It's a whole thing. Like. It's just oh, that. Wow. Like, it's just directly yeah, it's, lifted. It's basically it's just Futurama took it and took it to the absurd level. Um, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I have to say, watching this again, how good does that ship look it in all so of those good. shots of the ship oh, in yeah. space? Like the fact that it's, you know, it's a model that they have to shoot it, but the way they do it and to do multiple passes and get the get it so you you see the ship 
and it's got windows on it and you're seeing like some of them mm-hmm. are lit up and some of them aren't and the glow of the nacelles and all of that like it just looks so good and then you realize it's 35 years ago 36 years yeah. ago they yeah. did that yeah and yeah, for it, it to still hold up works. that well and you can track mm-hmm. down some of uh, Adam Savage tested videos where he's gone and looked at these yeah. props and sets and seen how they were really big to be able to be shot well and everything and how much detail was there from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's super neat. So uh, that was Star Trek. We've got one more week of pilots. Uh, we do. Travis. Yes. You're up. So you took... My favorite show, and, and did the pilot of it, uh, so I couldn't do that. That's what happens when you're at the bottom of the batting order, my friend. <laughs> so <laughs> what I'm going to do is a pilot of a show I haven't actually seen before. Ooh. Wait, you haven't seen? I know. Um, wow. <laughs> we are going to watch the pilot to Twin Peaks. <gasps> oh, snap. So, I've heard about this my whole life, and I've never seen an episode. This is what I that mm. Travis was running options by me before the show, and I said the number of people who put Aquilo and Twin Peaks in the same breath are like a lot, and I wow. have also never seen it. Yeah, so that's wow. what we're going to watch for next week is the pilot episode of Twin Peaks, which, uh, I mean, I remember it as a cultural phenomenon. I remember people talking about it. When I was that, I was too young to really watch it in 1990, um, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have understood it anyway, even if I had watched it. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm worried I won't understand it at 38, Travis. Well, we're <laughs> going to find out next the, week. It, like it's fine. We can just look it up. There's a wiki. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. There's David a wiki. Lynch is a uh, David Lynch is a is a thing. He's an entire genre. <laughs> Should be good. Yeah, so this is David I'm Lynch excited. doing television, and I can't wait. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to talk about this. So that's what we're watching next week. It is available on uh, Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+. Plus. Yeah. Sweet. It is now. I'm excited. This would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, did we get any feedback this week, boys? Oh, snap. You know what? Uh, hold on. Let me talk to our producer uh, in the in the room. Hang on. Room. Let me consult with the computer. Mm-hmm. Over there. Yeah, let me double check. Uh, no. No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we do have some guy who emailed us about wanting to build an app with us. I don't know no. what that means. I'm pretty sure that's spam. <laughs> that's just spam. Yeah. Put it in the folder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can email us at thosewerethedaysshow at gmail.com. Yes. And on, uh, we're on the former Twitter at Those Days Show, and someday we'll be other places, but we've got a lot going on, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, thank you for joining us this week to talk about Star Trek and go mm-hmm. watch the pilot of Twin Peaks. Come yes. back next week. Yes. So excited. Till then. 